All right, I'm going to uh, talk a little bit this morning about shifting our focus. And it's something that has been on my heart for a long time now, that when people are in a situation, it's hard for them to focus beyond what they can see with their own eyes. And it restricts where they're at. So this is what I'm going to speak on a little bit, but I'd just like to pray into it first. Father, Lord, I just thank you for this word that you've given me this morning. Father, I pray that it's your word and not my own that issues forth from here this morning, Lord. And I pray that someone has walked in this morning with a heart ready to receive this word, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Shift your focus. The thing is about our own understanding and what we can see with our own eyes is that it restricts our vision. We can't actually see what we need to see to make the decisions to get us from where we are to where we really, really want to be. In Proverbs 3.5, it reads, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. I recently had an experience that really opened this, this concept up to my eyes because um, I'm, I'm a fairly uh, strong-minded person and very opinionated on certain things. And uh, when I have an opinion on something, I'm not easily wavered. Some people call it stubborn. I just call it resolute. <laughs> How many people, when you step out onto the sidewalk on the side of the road and you look down in the gutter and you see McDonald's wrappers strewn about in the gutter, you think the person that left that McDonald's wrapper there is not a very good person. Am I alone in that or is it... <laughs> Have I got some agreeance? Honestly, I look at it and it fills me with rage. <laughs> I, I, I look at the McDonald's wrapper and I think, how can someone be so short-sighted? You know, they throw that wrapper out the window or they put it on the pavement next to their car and then drive away and that's the last they think of that McDonald's wrapper. They don't think of the impact it's got to have on the environment. They don't think of the, the poor person that's got to come through and clean that up. I, I take my hat off to, um, to a bloke, I can't remember his name now, but he, it was an article in the paper about him a few weeks back and I used, to, I used to come across this guy every morning when I walked to work from Cannon Drive up to Thompson Survey and uh, this this bloke would walk past me every morning with a few trash bags in his hand and a little picker-uppy thing. And I think Ruth shared about this a couple of months ago, but he actually, six days of the week, for no reason at all other than he wants to contribute to society, he goes out and he, on his morning walk with his dog, picks up six to nine bags of rubbish off the street, around the parks. He does his little circuit, puts them in the rubbish bin, and then goes home. And I take my hat off to people like that. But those are the people that are cleaning up after these short-sighted miscreants <laughs> and leave their McDonald's wrappers. I can say that because I know none of them are here. <laughs> We're all quite spiritual, so we don't leave rubbish lying around the place, Amy. <laughs> but, well, I had an experience 
My grandmother recently was um, hospitalized because she needed her knee replaced. And so she went down to Whangarei and she had her knee replaced and she was transferred then to Kawakawa where she was recovering. So my wife and my baby and I, we decided to go and visit her down in Kawakawa. And we drove out there, went in, saw her, and then um, my, my darling daughter uh, left a deposit in her nappy while we were there. And being the new age sensitive man that I am, I went and uh, went to change her, change her nappy out in the car park. Because <laughs> that's what men do these days, amen? So I went out to the car park, I opened up my car, and this was eye-watering stuff. <laughs> like, I'm sure that this, this, this material could be weaponized, I'm sure of it. It sort of came out and punched you in the face, you know, that sort of aroma. Anyway, I, I wrapped this nappy up, and I didn't want to leave it in the car, because we still, had to, we still had to wait there for half an hour or so talking to my grandmother. And I didn't want to take it into the hospital because they're sick enough already. So what I did is I thought, I'm going to be the good person and I'm going to tuck this nappy just by my car here where it can air out. And then when we come to leave, I'll put it in the car and then I'll chuck it in the rubbish at home, 300 metres away from the house. So it wasn't until we were about three quarters of the way back to Kitty that I realized that I had not picked up the package. And I could just see in my mind, because it was tucked under the back wheel, that as I'd reversed out, <laughs> it would have spread out a little bit. It would have been sort of really embedded into the car park there. And I thought... Now, you know, we had other things to do. I was too far away. I was too far gone. I was in too deep. I couldn't go back. And I really wanted the opportunity to go back there and explain to the poor nurse that had been working for 12 hours and coming to get into her car and had come across this disaster and, and, had, and had put her hand up to clean it up. I really wanted to go and explain to this person that I'm not a bad person. I'm not one of those miscreants that leave their McDonald's wrappers on. Trust me, I'm a good person. This was just a mistake. This was just a mistake. And I just had this moment where I realized, you know, that every time I got welled up with anger looking at these McDonald's wrappers, yeah, fair enough. Sometimes there are people that just leave them there and don't think. But sometimes there's people like me who I consider myself a pretty good person and every now and then, I'll trip up and I'll forget. And I would love for that poor nurse to extend me a little bit of grace. But you see, the problem was that I couldn't see beyond my own understanding. I couldn't see beyond my nose. And that's what happens in the natural when we rely on what we can see with our natural eyes. It restricts our vision. So it was a real time for me to realize that there is a bigger picture. Amen? See, when I switched roles, I just, I was able to see that sort of extension of the situation, be able to understand that there's more to the situation. Another thing that leaning on our own understanding does is we experience anxiety. Amen? I know there's someone here that is leaning on their own understanding of the situation that they're in, 
And the reality of it is that we don't know enough about our situation to make those decisions that we need to make to get ourselves out of it. And if we're relying on what we can see, what's in front of us, in the natural, we get anxious. We get anxious. And that was me, that was me in Australia when I was working over there. I was in a job that I was working 12 hours a day plus an hour and a half travel each side of it and I was coming home to my wife exhausted coming home to my baby unable to offer them the time that they needed coming home and seeing that hey there's no way out of this for me I've got myself into this position where I need this job but I need to be there for my family and I tried everything I could and and with me, with uh, things that I've worked on, I've always managed to, out of my own power and my own, my own mind, get myself into a situation that's better for me. But in this particular one, I fell short. I tried every trick in the book. I tried everything that I knew and understood to get myself out of this situation. My focus was entirely inward, and the only resource that I was leaning on was my own. And that led to me being at the end of my bed with my head in my hands, anxious. I couldn't change this situation. I needed out. That's right where God met me, when I had nothing left in my tank. I had to shift my focus from what I understood to what God had actually planned for me. I wasn't a Christian in that moment, but that was the moment where I encountered him. And that's where he'll meet us. And that's where he will let us know we need to start looking at life through a different lens. Amen? We need to shift our focus. In Colossians 3, verse 1, it says... If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not on the things on earth. See, we need to look for a source of strength beyond our own understanding because our well's not deep enough, amen? We can't rely on that. We can't rely on our own understanding. It had failed me in that moment. When you're down in the trenches, all you can see is the mud on the wall in front of you. The foot soldier in the trench doesn't know how the whole battle is going or what the battle looks like. All he can see is that mud wall in front of him. All he can hear is the rattle of gunfire All he can feel is the pressure of the situation. And if he relies on only what he can see in that trench, he's not going to be a happy chappy. That was me. That's someone here. In that trench. And all you can see is what you can understand, and it's not enough. Amen? You see, the foot soldier, he can't see it. It's hopeless. It's overwhelming. But God has made a way for us to navigate through those trenches in our lives. 
He's created a path for us to connect with him. He knows all, he sees all, and here's the important part. He has a plan for each of us. His word says that he has a plan for every single one of us. And he came up with that plan before all creation. Amen. Hebrews 12.1 Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a crowd of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Lay aside every weight. Those things in your life that are weighing you down, lay them aside and run. The guilt you're feeling, lay it aside and run. The anxiety that plagues you and crowds in around you, lay it aside and run. The hurt you feel, the anger you feel, the frustration that clouds your mind, just lay it aside and run. And when all you can see is the muddy walls of the trench that you're sitting in, and you don't know which direction to run, who gives us that direction? Who gives us that direction? Jesus. Christ's. It's Christ who gives us that direction. Christ that guides our steps. So what do we do? We focus on Jesus. We lift our eyes from the trenches. Lift your eyes from the mud of the trench. Lift your eyes from the walls you see in your way. Lift your eyes from the circumstance that crowds in around you and shift your focus to Jesus. Amen? Hebrews 12.2, the second part of that, looking unto Jesus. Shift your focus to Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, see, he saw the whole picture. Amen? He saw the whole picture. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and he has sat down at the right hand of the throne of of God. Shift your focus to Him. He understands. Amen? You know, the Word actually says that we have a mind of Christ. Amen? When we reach out to Him, He's there, He's ready, He's knocking on our door. And when we reach out and accept Him, we receive a mind of Christ. And He shows us what we need to get through what we need to get through. He leads us by his peace through those trenches. Amen? He's our connection to the author of our calling. He is there at the right hand of our Father in heaven. And if we invite him into our hearts, he is sitting there saying, I know him. He's with me. He is putting in the good word for us. He's vouching for us. 
His word says in Romans 8.34 that he makes intercession for us, meaning that he attaches his name, his seal, to our request to God. His blood has actually made a way for us to step boldly into that throne room. And he's sitting there going, he's good, he's with me. It's like the free pass into the, into the nightclub. No, not the nightclub. <laughs> it's like the VIP ticket into Hillsong Conference. That's better. <laughs> We've got the ultimate high priest sitting there personally vouching for us. Shift your focus. Shift your focus from your own understanding to Jesus. Why? Because Isaiah 55, 8-9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. He understands more than anybody. He understands more than you what you're going through. He understands where you are right now. And more than that, he desires with all of his heart for you to look up, focus on him, and allow him to transform your life and your heart and your understanding so that you can walk out your calling according to his purpose for you. right now, and he will meet you where you are. He met me where I was. I didn't need to go and learn Christianity 101 and get myself ready and tidy up the house and clean up my heart and make sure everything was set in place and set in order before I opened the door and allowed him to walk in. He knows where you are right now. And he will meet you where you are right now. I love the word that Dave shared just before, how no matter if you're standing here, whether you make that move forward or whether you make that step back, God's love for you and his value on you is always the same. He's constant. Amen? The world's value on you, that will change. That will change like the wind. You could be flush one year and everyone's looking up to you and saying, I respect you. You're earning heaps. You've got a great job. You've got an awesome car. Look at your family. It's amazing. You lose your job the next year and the world's going, hmm, they've made some bad decisions. They must not be very good people. They do. You can't rely. You can't rely on your value from the world. You can't rely on your own understanding of your situation. The one thing you can always, always rely on is that God loves you. Amen. And he has made a way, made a way for you to commune with him. Amen. No matter where you are, no matter where you're at, he will meet you there. All that woman had to do was touch his robe and she was healed. 
That's all it took, just a finger on the robe, and he felt the power go out from him. He didn't put her through a foundation course and didn't put her through an alpha course and didn't say, you need to learn this and that, and he didn't turn around and say, you're a sinner and you need to repent. The power went out from him because she reached out. He was there. He's always there. And all we have to do is reach out. Amen? Amen. And he's knocking on the door of your heart this morning. He's knocking on someone's door this morning. And all you have to do is reach out and say yes. Amen? Amen. He will meet you right where you are right now. The thing is about the trenches, not that I'm speaking from any experience. We live in a beautiful country and a peaceful time in this country right now. Praise God. But as I imagine it, the thing is about the trenches is that you just can't see. And the foot soldier, he's relying on the commander who knows, who has an overview of the whole plan. If he just assesses the whole situation, if every foot soldier in that trench assesses the whole situation from what they can see and what they can hear and what they're feeling in that trench, then they could run or they could charge according to their own their own assessment, and it would be chaos. And it wouldn't end well for the foot soldier. He just can't see enough. But he relies on the voice of his commander. He relies on the one that can see the bigger picture. And he needs to, needs to have faith in that. If he doesn't have faith that his commander can see enough to make good judgment, then it's hopeless. Hey, <laughs> it's hopeless. But praise God, we have the commander that wrote it all. He wrote his plan for you. He wrote everything. He created everything. He can see everything. And if you're here this morning, and you are at that point where all you can see in front of you is that slippery, muddy trench wall, and you've tried everything you know and you've turned down every avenue you know according to your own understanding to try and get yourself from where you are to where you know you need to be, I encourage you right now that Jesus is ready to meet you. Jesus is there holding out his hand and all you need to do is say yes. All you need to do is lift up your hand and say yes. And the anxiety will go. The anxiety will go. Changes, everything else will be added onto you. The word says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. And you will be led by his peace according to his purpose for you. Which is ultimately for good. He's a loving God. He's a loving God. Amen. So what I want to do is I just want to have all our heads bowed in this moment. Because I believe there are a lot of people here this morning. There are a lot of people here this morning and there's someone here this morning. 
that has gone through every avenue that they know how by their own understanding to try and succeed, to try and get past that blockage that's ahead of them. And you've been good up to now, but right now you can't see a way. And you know what that is. You know what that was for me. That was God saying, there is no way according to your own understanding. I have the way. I can make a way when you can't see it. I can make that way for you. And all I want you to do is say yes. So with every head bow, if you want to reach out and just say yes to Jesus now, if he's knocking on the door of your heart and you can really feel that, I want you to just, as everyone else has just bowed, raise your eyes and just look me in the eye. And if I can't see you, if I'm not noticing you, wave your hand around a little bit. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. I'm just going to leave it for a bit longer. If there's that pressure on your life right now, if there's that pressure squeezing you, that's God knocking on the door of your heart right now. And the word says that if you seek, you'll find. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. If you seek, you'll find. So if you just raise your hand and lift your eyes up right now. Thank you. Praise God. I'm going to pray a prayer, and I just encourage you to pray with me, and I'll ask the whole congregation to pray this along with me this morning together. Father God, Jesus Christ, I love you. I believe that you went to the cross for me. I believe that you laid down your life for my sins. And I believe that as you were risen, I rise with you a new creation in Christ. I accept you into my heart as my Lord and Savior this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's have a round of applause. There's a party going on up there right now. Amen. Amen. Now, before we go into worship, I just want to offer up another time of ministry here this morning because there's other hurts here this morning. There's other pressures here this morning that people need prayer for. So I would just really love for my wife to minister to us this morning. And I just want to offer a time up here. I'd like to ask the leaders of our church, uh, Dave, Sophie, Ian, um, Carol, uh, all the leaders in our church to just come up here, up the front. And I would like to offer for anybody that's got something on their heart right this morning that's weighing heavily, that they came here for an answer. I just want to encourage you to step out into the aisles, come up here, and as my wife and the team here minister, we would just love to stand in the gap with you this morning and just pray with you and pray into those situations. Because as Ian shared last week, it's by our faith that we bring heaven to earth. Amen? So as, as, as the rest of us just worship, I encourage you to come up the front here and I ask our leaders to come up as well. And we will just offer some prayer for you this morning. Amen.